This podcast is brought to you by NAB. More than money. Welcome to Property Unpacked, the podcast that unpacks the hot topics of property and explores how they affect you. I'm your host, Alice Stoltz. In this episode, we get an update on how the auction market is tracking as restrictions continue to ease, and we talk about the do's and don'ts when competing for a home that's going under the hammer. We also look at what's happening to holiday homes. Are people still purchasing them in the current climate? And discuss what we can expect in holiday hotspot markets as we approach summer. But first, a quick update from Melbourne, where it was announced on the weekend that public auctions will now be allowed to go ahead for the first time since August. As of this week, a maximum of 10 people can attend a public auction in Melbourne. It comes less than one month after private one-on-one property inspections and is expected to give the city's property market a second shot in the arm. Non-essential home maintenance and repairs have also been given the go-ahead for outdoor projects. Up to five workers are allowed on-site, making it easier for prospective vendors to fix up their houses before selling. We are in the midst of a spring selling season unlike any other. After seeing a sharp drop earlier this year as coronavirus restrictions came into place, auction clearance rates are back on the rise. With public auctions now back in Australia's auction capital, Melbourne, albeit limited to 10 people, private open for inspections resumed late last month and the market is recovering. Meanwhile, in Sydney, it's almost business as usual, with socially distanced public auctions allowed to go ahead with a limit of 20 people. Joining us today to give us an auction market update and share some tips for those looking to buy a home under the hammer is Scott Kennedy-Green, Chief Auctioneer at McGrath Estate Agents. Scott, welcome to Property Unpacked. Good afternoon, Alice. How are you? I'm great and I'm looking forward to talking with you because I think we're all in a bit of a market at the moment which felt quite uncertain, but we're definitely seeing a quite a sharp uptick in listings, definitely in Sydney and increasingly in Melbourne at the moment. So before we jump into some advice about looking to buy at auction, how are you finding the sentiment of what is happening at auctions at the moment? Yeah, I think you would have to say that it's travelling better than expected the beginning half of the year was, or the beginning quarter, I should say, was, you know, a wee bit challenging. But in more recent weeks, we've seen not only an increase in the number of auctions, but the general feeling, uh, the buyer activity and the clearance rates are just showing some enthusiasm and certainly some respect out there for the real estate market. It's, it's traveling pretty well. Mm. Now, Scott, you've been an auctioneer for more than 20 years, so you've no doubt seen every trick and tactic in the book from buyers hoping to be that winning bidder. What are some of the top recommendations you have for wannabe buyers out there? In my opinion, there is no secret to buying property at auction. I mean, people say, should I bid early? Should I bid strong? Should I come in with a big solid bid or should I hang back until the auctioneer announces it? on the market. I mean, none of those things really help you at the end of the day. If if your desire to be the purchaser is more than the other bidder and your accessibility to funds or great amount of money is outweighs your other bidders. It's just it's just one of those free flowing competition situations that just sees the strongest competitor win, I guess. And what are some of the less effective approaches or mistakes that bidders should avoid? Um, yeah, that's, that's an easier one to, 
to answer, I think. You know, intimidating the auctioneer or trying to outsmart the agent or the auctioneer at auction is, I don't generally feel works in those buyers' favour. You know, to be successful at auction and to enjoy the process, although it's pretty nerve-wracking, let's be frank, but to to get into the game early, show your hand, be active, because you just need to set a limit, set a budget, work towards that budget. If you're successful, great. If you're not, you just move on to the next one. And we know that there'll always be another property that comes on in the next week, month or, or year, you know, that's what keeps the market alive. And But, you know, if you don't give yourself a chance, then you'll never have the opportunity. So some bidders will say, all right, listen, I might just stop and not bid until I hear it's on the market. Well, that doesn't give yourself a chance to be in the box seat if an auctioneer needs to negotiate or an agent needs to negotiate with you being the highest bidder. I mean, it's a not a legal right, but certainly an opportunity that every single auctioneer and agent offers, and that's to negotiate with the highest bidder if they fail to meet the expectations of the vendor on any given day at any given auction. So if you're not in the bidding, if you're not in the game, you don't have a chance of of, of buying the property, right? Mm. Now, I'm going to ask you a bit of a secret here, but are there any uh, techniques or actions used by auctioneers and agents that buyers should look out for that might reveal anything or something that, that they kind of want to know that information of? No, I, listen, I, I don't think so. I mean, we act on the notion that we're trying to achieve the best possible result for the vendor, right? And we've got a, we've got a, a, a reserve price that we work towards. And, and in some instances, we have a, a vendor's bid that we, we utilise. So I guess for things to look for is, you know, utilisation of the vendor's bid and when that happens, and then you'll know certainly in in our network that that's that's price maintenance for the vendor so it's not what the vendor will sell at but it's certainly a level that you can expect that you would be in the game or at at a level that you can negotiate just north of so just being mindful if if the vendor bids used to sort of activate yourself above that listen i i just got to go back to just just getting active in the bidding and listening to what the auctioneer is asking and roll with the increments because an auctioneer will guide a buyer incrementally um, to help them get to an end number. And I think that's something that that a lot of buyers don't recognise. You know, when we're asking for a $5,000 rise and someone's you know, hell bent on giving us a thousand, you know, that it's more often than not that an auctioneer is trying to guide a buyer to get to a figure where we know a vendor is happy to transact. So let the auctioneer guide the buyers or, or, or be cognizant of the incremental advances as as the auction progresses. Mm. Now, Scott, online auctions have definitely become very much a part of the auction process nowadays. Given a lot of people are new to this, can, are there any do's and don'ts for buyers who are bidding online that you could share with us? Yeah, listen, again, I, I don't think so. I mean, the online process is very focused, obviously, on what you see the auctioneer doing. And of course, on the screen of your device, the incremental advances. So I think it's more about the buyers being ready to act. Although the auctions seem to take longer, I think you need to act quicker so that you're not left behind you need to be quicker so you don't miss out. And I think that's the key to being successful online. Watch the auctioneer, watch the increments and be prepared to move at speed. Mm. Scott, 
We often see a rush on auctions in the springtime, then things quieten down in December and that sort of Christmas period. Are you envisaging a market where seasonality is less relevant this year, given the lockdowns the country has experienced and people sort of building up to the end of year more slowly than normal? No, definitely not. No, traditional markets that we've seen in, well, for my whole career, have, have not transpired in any way, shape or form this year. You know, we came out of a lockdown period, property came to the market very quickly and consistently we have seen excellent clearance rates, probably above average from normal seasons in terms of clearance rates and volume. We're definitely up from last year and that's not to say that we didn't have some challenging real estate markets over the the last 24 to 36 months. You know, there's been some incremental advances out of COVID that have probably, you know, raised the eyebrows of those that uh, give real estate market commentary, it's it's just been a, a good time for real estate for buyers and sellers, I believe, particularly if you want to be sharp on price and meet the market, there are definitely buyers wanting to transact. Not, I'm not saying that every single part of the market is is doing as well as each other, but, but certainly the clearance rates and the volumes are showing confidence coming out of a challenging time. Scott, just finally, how do you warm up for an auction? Do you have voice exercises? What do you do for your game plan to get yourself auction ready? Yeah, I, I listen, I turn up and I, I look through the property and I talk to my agents. I've, I've more often than not had discussions with my vendors and, and so I, there's nothing vocally that I do to get ready. It's more about the mindset and the, the education around what the benefits are of the property and the, and, and the surrounding areas. That's where I do my work. And, and if I can impart that onto the buyers, the general public and the vendors that want to hear you say great things about their house and their suburb and, and why those buyers should be buying it, that's where I do my work. Fantastic. Thank you so much for your time. It was great talking with you. Good, Alice. Thanks so much. The onset of the pandemic and subsequent border closures saw a devastating disruption on the short-term holiday home rental market. Short-term listing sites like Airbnb saw weekly bookings down some 60,000 from March to May this year. Investors started to move from short-term to long-term rentals in search of financial security, some even selling up. But on the flip side, as international travel is off the table this summer and domestic tourism encouraged by the government, we could see a new influx of city dwellers purchasing a holiday home this year. Joining us now is Matt LaHood, CEO at National Real Estate Group, The Agency, to talk us through what's been happening in popular holiday home destinations. Matt, welcome to the podcast. Thanks very much, Alice, for having me on. Now, this is a very timely discussion, Matt. We always like to sort of look ahead to the summer at the moment, but it's particularly interesting in the holiday purchasing schedule, I think, at the moment. Now, we've seen some short-term rentals convert to long-term rentals, but in terms of buying and selling, are people still purchasing holiday homes given the current climate? Oh, Alice, look, there's been a massive surge in people looking for holiday homes, mainly Sydney-siders. There's been some overseas buyers looking sort of areas like the Central Coast, Southern Highlands, Wollongong. Those type of markets have been some of our very strongest markets this year. I think with the borders being shut, you know, it's slowed obviously the interstate interest, but basically what's been happening, we've found a lot of the Sydney-siders like looking at these suburbs as a, a backup place for if 
borders do get shut in the future. I think they've worked out that they're always going to be having a holiday sort of getaway, if you like. Mm. And Matt, has that been the case throughout the whole pandemic or have you seen ebbs and flows of interest pick and then subside as the situation has changed? Look, it started probably into about the second month of the pandemic where people were working out that they're obviously locked down. And for argument's sake, you look at the Southern Highlands and say the Wollongong market, we found more of the professionals sort of looking to move from Sydney down to there where on the central coast, we found more families with sort of in-laws looking to relocate and have holiday homes up there. And even sort of weekenders have become popular as well. Obviously, no one knew what was going to happen with their work scenario, but if they've got a situation where they can test it on a weekend with a view to put it work full time. Mm. And are you getting the impression that people are sort of really, I mean, you touched on earlier, but just dipping their toes in rather than going all out and saying, we're making this move to us, this is going to be our primary residence. Do you feel this is going to be an evolution for many potential buyers who are making that sea change? My agents on the ground definitely feel it's going to be an evolution. I think this pandemic's really made people sit back and think about their lives holistically. One phenomenon that we're seeing happening is that people are saying, obviously, with the use of technology, not necessarily need to be in the office so much, not even needing to be close to the CBD, say, of Sydney, or they can work an hour away from home and still get lifestyle. So I think it's more of a tip in the toe initially versus now maybe this is actually a reality where we can work full-time from a location, have a lifestyle and probably have what's perceived better value for, for money, what they can um, mm. acquire. Now, Matt, you've talked a little bit about what's happening in the New South Wales market. Can you touch on any other areas around the country of what trends you're seeing in other states? Well, obviously, Vic, where we normally would get a lot of migration coming up as well, looking for these holiday tops, obviously been locked down there. Queensland borders closed. WA is one of our really strong markets under our company's brand. Now, when I ask a question of our team there, they're more seeing weekenders. We're seeing people like buying weekenders. Basically, I look at these things as they're buying as a backup for future. We None of us know, obviously, you know, we all touch wood and hope we'll never see a pandemic again. But I think people have worked out they're not going to be going overseas and travelling. They want to put their money into a holiday home where they know they can always sort of go to if this happened again. I think that's one of the phenomenons that has, that has happened during COVID. Matt, I know also for many people is a reliability that comes with purchasing bricks and mortar. And I think we've heard of many Australians who have been really burnt by what's happened with the share market, you know, the tumultuous nature of that over this period. Do you think there's also investors who are kind of looking at sort of adding to that portfolio and regional could be the next step for them, I suppose? It's a very good point, Alice, because, you know, my 30 years in real estate, people always default back to property when times, you know, are a little bit uncertain. Now, with the introduction of an, and a thinking that potentially interest rates might even come down further, which is just amazing, they're obviously the, the lowest ever in history at the moment, but talking about another rate drop, that all befits well for investors coming back into the market in a big way. Why it's attractive for investors, if, let's say if this overseas travel, now they're talking two to three years before it rebounds, a lot of people will be holidaying locally and obviously they'll want to rent properties out. So 
for investors, it's it's a really pretty safe bet in the next two or three years that they'll have strong interest in their investments as well if they do buy regionally. Now, Matt, post-New Year's is a popular time for holiday home purchasing as people go away and then, you know, fall in love with the area and then they often start beginning that journey of wanting to purchase. What do you think we'll see happen towards the end of this summer during that traditionally busy time after the year everybody has experienced? Yeah. (laughs) Well, the agents have all been having chats about that and the general consensus from all my regional agents, and a lot of them are very strong operators have been doing what they've been doing for a long time. They're all saying that they can't see it slowing down at all. They're actually probably seeing it increasing. So they're expecting to be on deck around that Christmas into New Year period this year for the fact that people really have probably just that little bit more time to go and look. And they're also saying the advice, because it's becoming sort of really popular, obviously this thinking of like, you know, I can still work in the CBD if I need to, but be an hour away. We've also got things like the North Connect, for example, it's going to cut 15 minutes travel from the CBD to the Central Coast off. We just see the demand continuing all through the year and into the early year. And Matt, just finally, what would your advice be to those looking to purchase a holiday home if they've worked out sort of the location of where they want to be? What's your advice before they actually start really hunting in that area? Yeah, definitely. It's probably one of the fastest moving markets in Australia at the moment. So probably get in. If you've found something, just get in now because the more people are going to be thinking and planning And when they can execute, obviously, you're going to be having more competition in that space. So I'd say get in now. The economy's seeming to remain stable. Interest rates potentially coming down. Job maker now coming in. It's just fueling the demand for the property more. Mm. Yeah, it's going to be really interesting to watch what happens in that space, you know, and I think after the summer that many regional towns had last year with the bushfires, we know how much those regions need all the backing they can get and we've got a very captive audience now. So it's it's a silver lining into what has been a very tough year. Yeah, certainly. it's um, The reason I'm in the game with property, it's very exciting and it's never a, the same thing happening every month ever. So it's always changing and here's another trend that we probably didn't see coming that's um, – yeah, really got legs now. Yep. The only certainties change, I think, for all of us at the moment. <laughs> Matt, that was really great talking to you. Thank you so much for joining us today. Thanks, Alison. Thanks for having me on. You've been listening to Property Unpacked, a podcast by Domain. If you like what you've heard, hit subscribe and look out for further episodes dropping every Thursday. If you've got a property story to tell us or we could help answer a question, drop us a note at propertyunpacked@domain.com.au. This podcast is brought to you by NAB, more than money. This episode was produced by Adrian Lowe, Kate Burke and Danielle Giannopoulos. It was edited and mixed by Dan McHugh. For more property news, advice and market insights, head to domain.com.au. Talk to you next week.